to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is great to be back in the studio. After uh, a couple weeks hiatus, we had some tremendous weather up these parts. I know if you're listening down in Pocono or in the Orange County, Milford area, my goodness. So it is great to be back in the studio. It's show number 39 here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Gavin, it's good to see you, and uh, hopefully that's going to be the end of this weather. Hopefully, but I'm not holding my breath. I spent most of the week on, uh, you know, uh, most of this part of the, you know, country has not had uh, power, so I ran around uh, filling up generators, etc. But uh, if I can impart any advice to the audience, it's that... Sometimes in life, the experiences that we find frustrating um, soon thereafter, we'll say, you know, that was that was kind of fun. That wasn't that bad. So, uh, you know, going out at 3.30 in the morning down to Stroudsburg to fill up a generator later, I said, you know, that wasn't, you know, that certainly kind of livened up the night. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, what, what did the weather do to the radio world, you know, here at WDLC and Wall and uh, Pocono? You know, what did it do to all, all the stations here at Never Sync Media Group? It um, basically came down to mostly power outages, and we have sites where, you know, maybe we have to bring a generator there, uh, or we lost um, our internet feed uh, that connects from here to the studio. The one station that was not affected, and I, I make a joke about this, was WDLC, because it's very self-sufficient. It's all generator. Uh, it's, you know, basically a cable runs from here to the tower. It's, so, the, it's the mothership. Yes, yeah, so I... I <laughs> I joke, I hope we never get to this, that, uh, you know, to kill off WDLC, the North Koreans would have to get us. Hey, with, hey, uh, hey, hey, nuclear hey, no. EMP, so. <laughs> Well, it's good to see you again. It has been, you know, we talked off air here, some of the worst weather. I've been up in this area since uh, 2005. Our guest today, Anthony Lazaro, uh, has been up here since 2002, one, and, uh, you know, so, uh, it, it, you know. So I'm glad that we're back. Hopefully it's going to be uh, the end of it, and uh, we will actually get into spring here now that it is uh, March of 2018. So let's get to it. This is show number 39, and as I just stated, today's guest is uh, Port Jervis Middle School Principal Anthony Lazaro, and we're going to meet him in the upcoming uh, segment. But in reflecting and preparing for the show... I, uh, I, you know, I'm a country music fan, and I heard the song "Most People Are Good," and I said, "Man, this this song is really something." So I asked Gavin to cue up just a little bit of the song so you could get a feel of what we are uh, talking about today. Go ahead, Gav. I believe kids ought to stay kids as long as they can. Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands. I believe we gotta forgive and make amends Cause nobody gets a second chance to make new old friends I 
And so that's just a little touch of the song that is Most People Are Good by Luke Bryant. And I selected this song for two reasons uh, for the theme of today's show is, number one, Anthony is, is just a straight up good guy. I know his family will be listening. Shout out to his uh, children, Dominic and Kira, and his wife, Katie. I know they'll be uh, tuning in as well as his uh, uh, family. Uh, but Anthony is a, a really good guy, and I find him to be authentic and loyal and really uh, dedicated to his work in Port Jervis as the assistant principal. And the second thing, Anthony, I saw my experiences in, in working with Anthony now for four or five years uh, in our roles as administrators is that Anthony does see the good in people. And, uh, you know, that is a, a tribute to him and his family. I got to know his parents. A quick story. We went and visited our new neighbors a couple of years ago. We brought them the custom, uh, customary bottle of wine and uh, the welcoming crew of Team Marada. And uh, long story short, who would have found out they were Anthony Lazaro's parents? And, and, and I didn't know that. So, uh, But I was happy to meet them. But a tribute to their son that, that Anthony does see the good in people, does uh, look at things with the glass half full, and, and does find the best in others. So if you know me, if you've been listening to the show, you do know that I do like country music. And I, I was, you know, again, that song, it just resonated with me, the words, and certainly I like the melody uh, also. But I did want to highlight for the theme today just a couple of lyrics of that song. Obviously, the title, you know, believing that most people are good. I have uh, three little children. And again, if you listen to the show, uh, Claire has been on. Claire is 11, Matthew's nine, and my youngest, Tessa, the tornado, is six. They're going to be on an upcoming show here in May, the two younger ones. Um, But we're trying to teach them that concept. We are trying to model that. And whether it's, you know, someone cuts you off, someone doesn't hold a door for you, something happens that's bad. You know, we, we just try to f- model that for them, seeing the good in others, believing the good in others. And, and, and you know, that can be challenging at times. Certainly uh, these past uh, couple of weeks with the weather, it's been great to see so many people helping out one another with generators and snowblowers and all of that kind of stuff. So that's number one is uh, the title of that song, Believing That People Are Good and Seeing the Good in Others. Another line in the song is, forgive and make amends. I am uh, uh, know a lot of people. Some of them happen to be of Italian descent, and they say us Italians can be a little stubborn, a little hard-headed at times. Uh, but, you know, that old-school Italian, like, don't cross me, and, and, well, they'll hold it against you. You know, life is short. I think it is, is bad for your soul to harbor ill will against someone who has wronged you, and whether they apologize or not. You know, life is short. Move on from that. Uh, I believe in forgiving others. You never know what's going to happen. My dad used to say that, and he says you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I do believe in that also, forgive and make amends. Working hard for what you got. Luke uh, Bryant mentions that in the song, and Dr. Gilbert uh, says, and, you know, he's a fan of the program, and we're a fan of his. 
Dr. Gilbert says, uh, nothing is hard, just time consuming. And, you know, in the song, you know, that's an old school value and virtue of working hard for things in your life. And there is no substitute for hard work. And I don't care what your line of business is. I don't care how successful you are. Uh, those people at the top, those successful people have put the work in and put the time in. Most mamas qualify for sainthood. I agree with that. I have been blessed to be around uh, uh, great women in my life. Certainly uh, my wife, Jen, uh, and my mother, Dorothy, and, and my mother-in-law, Mrs. Grimes, all fans of the program. And uh, how could they not be? You know, I'm their son and their husband. Hopefully they are enjoying the show. But uh, you ladies out there and... I know so many great uh, mothers of our students in Port Jervis just do tremendous things for their children. And uh, I agree with that statement. Most mamas qualify for sainthood. Another line in, in the song, be careful of the nightly news. We uh, dropped cable this year uh, due to the increasing prices. I won't mention our cable group. Gavin's cheering in the background. I did the same. <laughs> We did drop uh, cable, so uh, I'm a fire stick guy, and uh, so we have limited channels on there, and I really do get to choose of the venue of how I get my news. Uh, the, the times we did have it on in the house, and again, having my little kids around, it's just so negative, negative story after bad story after bad story. You know, unfortunately, these things are happening in life, but I believe that you could be the driver of the news that, that you want to consume, and there's so much at your fingertips now between your radio, your live radio here, and your cell phone, the satellite radio, the Internet. You know, you can you can focus on what articles you want to read and things you want to know about. And, man, if you want negative news, just put on the, the New York Nightly News. Or uh, I remember growing up in Staten Island, you know, Channel 4, Channel 2, Channel 7, uh, 11 sometimes, you know, Channel 11 over there. Uh, but, you know, and as an educator... I, would, I wish we had more promotion of the positive things going on in our school and, and all of those things, but those stories don't sell. The negative news and, and the drama and the chaos, for some reason, people uh, like to, 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 to live on that kind of stuff. So I don't know, but that line in the, in the story, be careful of the nightly news. And certainly with my children being young in the house and so impressionable, I try to stay uh, away from that, and I thought that that resonated uh, with me. So I hope you like that song and the opening concept of believing uh, that most people are good. Let's take a quick commercial break here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, show number 39. Looking forward to our guest today. He's in studio, Port Jervis Middle School Assistant Principal, Anthony Lazaro. Welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. If you've been listening, say it with me. Surviving and thriving. Excited to have in today's guest in studio, middle school assistant principal, Anthony Lazaro. Good afternoon, Anthony. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. How are you doing? 
Good, good. Glad to uh, have you in studio here, Anthony. And, uh, you know, we were joking off air. Your phone just rang here. We had another weather cancellation coming from your hometown district. That's right. Six days of no school. It's been a long week. It has been. But, hey, it's good to be in studio with you. Anthony, let's get right into it. You and I uh, have a lot of uh, similarities, our, our, our heritage and our, our jobs, our families. Um, but we also both came from the New York City area. I, I'm from Staten Island. You uh, brought your family up here from Brooklyn uh, 2001. Tell me a little bit about your background and, and what brought you to this area from New York City. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Brooklyn. I was born there in, in the Bensonhurst, Sheepshead Bay area. And, uh, you, you know, I got married. And we, my wife and I were teaching. And we had lived in a basement apartment in Brooklyn. We were paying like $500 a month. And as we were saving, we were thinking, all right, this is a place we can live. We were looking forward to, uh, you know, starting a family. But we started realizing that we couldn't afford it, right? So that, that apartment, the apartment, basement apartment that was for $500 a month became like a $400,000 house if it was ever on sale. So we realized that this wasn't the place we, we were going to stay. So we got in the car and we just started driving. And we wound up actually in Warwick, New York. It was the first first place we hit that, you know, and my wife loved it. Uh, and so we wound up beginning our travels in this area. And then eventually you made your way over here to Orange County and then uh, Milford, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So what happened, the taxes were a little high in Warwick. And uh, we got back in the car and started driving again. Yeah. And uh, on the same day, someone had mentioned to her, oh, you, you need to check out uh, Milford. And I someone said the same thing to me so I went up to her at the end of the day we you know because we had one car we were sharing to work and I said hey my friend told me I go I should go to, we should go to look at Milford she goes oh someone said this exact same thing to me today so we got back in the car like I said we hit the traffic light the one traffic light in Milford the and, one traffic light yeah, right little... by the mountain she's like oh, I love it here it reminds me of home and so because uh, she happened to be from a more uh, rural area growing up and for you was it culture shock the speed and the, the calmness of the area you know, so I, to a certain degree, I, I felt that I never fully uh, fit in in Brooklyn in a way. You know, so I, I knew in my heart that I wouldn't necessarily stay down there. Um, when when I was younger, we had a train set, right? So we had a large train set, my father and I, that he had given me. And it was uh, it was broken down into two boards. There was the countryside and the city side. And, it, it, you know, I always like I just preferred the countryside. So as much as I, I, I love the city, it was I, I knew it was time to leave and we were more than happy to be here. That's interesting. Uh, I always loved those train sets as well. Okay, and, right. Yeah, I was ahead of Pennsylvania Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, you're the uh, middle school uh, assistant principal in Port Jervis, and you've been in that role now for several years. Tell our listening audience, what is it like to be an assistant principal in, in a middle school in 2018? You, you know, uh, first of all, it's an awesome experience. I love the middle school in general. You know, growing up, I don't know how it was for you, but middle school was more for myself was probably the two most difficult years of my education, you know, partly because of just being 12, 13 years old, uh, trying to figure everything out, dealing with school. And I was also in a 7-8 in the city. It, was, it just felt like a war one. I never felt at home. So for me now, you know, being, having the opportunity to, to work with students and knowing that experience, you know, I try to be mindful of that, right? So I, I love the Port Jervis community simply because it's, it's such a community. Like the kid, everyone knows everybody. And uh, being in the middle school in general allows you to deal with students who have, you can have a conversation with. They get the concepts you're trying to share with them. But they also are not set in their ways, right? So they're very moldable. They'll listen to you. They have a, a, you know, a respect for you. And we have really positive conversations. 
You know, Anthony, with all these uh, snow days, I just watched the movie Matilda with my kids the other night. I don't know if you saw that. If you have it, you watch it with your daughter. But uh, in the movie, there was a very forceful principle. She had the little thing she was hitting on her hand and just always with the kids, you know. You have a different style. We talked about in the opening segment that you're a good-hearted person, a good person. What would you say your style is working in that middle school in that setting? So I think it all starts with uh, building relationships, right? So the relationships that we build with both with our students, with staff, with faculty, and with parents. So students are going to slip up. They're going to make. They're going to have errors. They're going to make mistakes. It's about being patient. You know, going over the situation with them. I found that. Uh, you know, every student one-on-one, every single student one-on-one is willing to listen and learn from the, those situations. And sometimes I slip up again, but I think if we start with the principle of, uh, like, kind of going back to your song, you know, every kid in our building is innately good, without a doubt. These are good-hearted kids. So when they slip up, if we give them the space to have the com- conversation and provide that space for them to reflect, we find that they do the right thing in the long run. So when you say one-on-one, when you're speaking to a student one-on-one in your office versus they're acting a different way in the cafeteria or in a classroom setting? Yeah, yeah. because often when they're acting a different way, there's, there's always a reason behind it, right? There's always something behind it. No, no kids out there just to, you know, to be disruptive for no reason, right? There's always something going on. So once we can get to the root of the problem, and there's discipline, there's this stuff that related to these, their actions, of course, right? But at the end of the day, it's, the focus is, can we provide space for them to reflect and, and teach them how to make better choices? Anthony, in addition to dealing with uh, the kids in a positive way and sometimes, like you said, uh, you know, punishment-wise or, or, or negative consequence-wise, what would you say is some of your daily tasks? What, you know, for someone, you had to write all the things you did down, for, you do for your job. You know, what are some of the main tasks you, you do during the day? Well, we spend a lot of time going through teacher classrooms, right, we, uh, observing them. And, and, and a lot of the times, it's the, the focus is just in terms of what's happening instructionally, how can we uh, take the collect the data on what's happening, and then we make decisions from professional development. So we will decide on what's necessary to move our building forward. Also, a lot of it is about how do we take where we at, where we're at, how do we know where we're at, how do we decide where we need to be, and how do we make the changes to get us there? You know, and having those conversations. And in in working with the professionals, you know, we have an outstanding. We're blessed to have an outstanding staff uh, in Port Jervis. You know, so many good. Uh, professional teachers and and staff members. Anthony, if you see something in a classroom that that you would like to uh, be improved or you would like to to change, you talked about building relationships with people. How do you talk to that person about trying to get better or trying to add something to their routine when maybe it's not naturally for them without coming across as an overbearing boss or something like that? Yeah, so there's always that balance, right? And a lot of it has to do with providing again in the same way we provide space for students to reflect on what they were doing we want to provide space for teachers to uh, reflect on their practice so uh, i've gone into classrooms and we have conversations at, uh, after every time we go in uh, and the conversation might you know how did that go for you you know what, what do you think how, how did it work how, how were the students responding a lot of times we're using the students as cues to how a lesson how successful lessons is going too often i think in the past and not and this happens with all of education right we fall back on, well, you know, I taught it. Uh, I taught the information, uh, and 
you know, if the student didn't get it, they didn't get it, I move forward. We're, we're getting away from that model, and the question now is, did the students get it? How, how heavily were they engaged? So going to your question in terms of, you know, how do you have that conversation? You have the, con- it, it is a dialogue, right? So it's a back and forth on, okay, so this is what I saw. How do you think it went? And then suggestions come in, right? So, and we always go back to that, you know, what, three now, three wows and an now, right? So, because the, 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 there's always something great you can find. The student teachers are always doing something excellent. So it's just a matter of how do we tweak this to get us closer to our goal. Yeah. Good, good answer, Anthony. In your role, you know, you have such impressionable students at that age. Um, again, we have a great staff. You know, how do you display leadership in your role, Anthony? And what are some components of leadership that that you think are important that you make it a point to display or to to model uh, in your role as assistant principal? You know, going back to that idea of uh, being positive, right? So I think being there for people, being positive, coming into the building with energy, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, we're a team, and then modeling that for students. And, you know, one thing that I find is one issue we have that I often, and I think it's common with a lot of young people, is social media, right? So we hear like Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those mod, uh, media. And what happened is, uh, is often sometimes students put negative things out there. So going back to what we model, if we model positive, we, I, we tell kids, you know, if you put out negative, you leave nothing but negative uh, potential for negative to come back at you. And, we, and there's no way to go from there. So if we can model, hey, if you're going to put anything out there, put out that positive. And that's a hard message for young people, I think, because they get caught up in that, in, in all what we see. And like you said, in the news and in society, you know, it's a matter of how do you handle that. But again, modeling that type of positive behavior and energy uh, day in, day out. And then we're going to talk about how you keep your personal energy in our next segment. Uh, but Anthony, you mentioned the cell phones, you know, and in your opinion, are they becoming more prevalent in your work of, of things that are happening on social media or outside your school? Because cause you guys currently ban phones during the day for the kids, right? Yeah, you know, and when we do allow... so. If they're being used for instruction, it's something we're trying to get more and more of. Mm-hmm. As teachers mm-hmm. use them for instruction, we do allow for that purpose in the classroom. We ask that students then return it back to that locker. That is a current policy. However, we're seeing more uh, use within the classroom from that way. And you're not going to, they're not going away, right? Well, technology is becoming more prevalent in the building. Um, my my own my son is a middle schooler now, and when he entered middle school, I did buy a, a cell phone for him. My daughter will be entering next year, and she's going to get a cell phone, and we're trying to teach them the appropriate use of them. So I think it's about teaching appropriate use, not necessarily banning, and that we have, and that's what we're trying to focus on. So when you have these outside influences coming, a kid, let's say a kid writes a negative uh, text or post, you know, and it, and it it goes bad, you know. And that trickles into your building. How do you manage that during the day then when it's something that happens outside? Well, if it's impacting the culture and climate of a building, then we do address it. So uh, parents are notified. They, hey, we just want to let you know this is happening. We have conversations with students. It depends if it's something that it, it could lead to a more serious manner. At times it does. Uh, we have guidance. Is Our guidance department is currently putting together a series of workshops to, to uh, on this uh, matter about character uh, character building. And the, so as things come up and as we see needs in the building, we wind up developing programs to address them because um, like the world is dynamic, right? And our students are part of that ever-changing world and technology right now is, the, is a driving force. Absolutely. 
Anthony, I'm going to give a, a selfless uh, a plug here. Uh, you know, I am having a live book signing next Saturday uh, at the Foundry 42. If you've been listening to the show, you know I authored uh, my first book this year called The Principle. But one of the concepts in the book, Anthony, is about managing your time, managing your schedule. Uh, because I remember when I was an assistant principal at the high school, you know, I felt like I was in an emergency room and just everything just kept landing on my desk. Mr. Murata, this is, you know, and you had to respond to all of these problems. It was such a hectic schedule of just like incidents, you know, how do you manage your schedule during the day to kind of keep that positive attitude and, and also for your well-being of managing all the things that come your way? How do you do that? So I think uh, for, for me, one thing is prioritizing, right? So I work with Miss Lane, right? So Jean Lane has really uh, she's been on the show. She has been, I, right. she has been, and and one of her things is, you know, is it no one's bleeding, you know? So it's a matter of prioritizing what's going on, and I think Dr. Bird's idea of it's not a it's a not a crisis, it's an inconvenience. So it's a matter of determining what's a crisis and what's an inconvenience, and once you can prioritize needs, because truthfully, throughout the day, yeah, you pulled in a lot of different directions. You hear your name over the radio, you hear your name over the loudspeaker, you're supposed to be in a classroom, and then uh, there's a meeting coming up, right? So it's a matter of determining what, ne- what what your priorities are, you know? So as long as you can manage that, I think you're in good shape. And having a good team around you and delegating that out. And I think sometimes that's something I need to, you know, that I'm trying to be more mindful of. Another component of leadership uh, that's important is, is delegating and, you know, certainly trusting those when you have a good team around you. Anthony, we have to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. It's show number 39, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. In studio, today's guest, Anthony Lazaro. Welcome back to the program, everyone. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Happy to be on Saturday morning, live up in Orange County, Milford area, Sunday in Stroudsburg, uh, Pocono area, and uh, the show is now on iTunes, so you might be in your car driving somewhere, you might be on the treadmill listening, uh, happy to have the show on iTunes. If you do want to find it on iTunes, just punch in Andrew Murata, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, and it'll pop up with our handy-dandy logo, so we're excited about that. Anthony, we want to jump right back in. Uh, you heard the opening concept about believing uh, and seeing the good in others. Uh, that country music song. I'm not sure if you're a country music fan, uh, but what did you think of that concept? And and certainly a tribute to you about you know you having that positive uh, virtue of seeing the good in others. Well, no, I appreciate that. I'm not a country music fan in particularly, okay. but I'm we, won't, wife. we won't hold that against you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of that concept, like I said, going back to. Uh, what we do as educators, I think that uh, we start with that principle, right? Every, every child can learn. Every child is a good person. And we're there to make sure that we get them where they need to be. You know, So it's about seeing that potential in everybody. And where would you say, Anthony, you developed that, that, that trait? That, that wasn't something you just started doing at Port Jervis. Uh, you, know, you worked at BOCES before, but where would you say you, you learned that from? 
you know, I guess ultimately my parents, right? So they, they, they were the role models for that piece. And I tell you what did change my life a, a lot was uh, having children myself, right? So after having children, um, you know, my son was first. Uh, you, you end, I, I entered every day that I would want to, I treat students and people around me the way I want my son and my daughter to be treated. So I, I, if I start, I figured if I start with that in my decision making, I can't go wrong, you know, because I know I want the best for them. So I, the kids sitting across from me, across from my desk, I want the best for, and I know, and they deserve that, you know, and I think that's important. And that is certainly something that that we do in Port Jervis of treating other kids. Uh, so it's great to hear you, you say that as if they were your own. Anthony, I want to talk a little bit about your personal life now, because not only uh, you and I have a relationship uh, professionally, uh, you and I have become friends outside of school. We don't, we don't live far from each other. Um, and, and some of your, your outside hobbies have uh, you know, struck a chord with me. So let's start with the biking, Anthony. You know, you know I referee, and I, in the offseason I try to stay in shape, but I try to preserve my knees so I'm not running on blacktop. And running isn't something that always – I just I never I never really liked it, but you were uh, were and still are a, you know an expert biker. Um, how did you get into biking and, and where did that come from? So I'm not sure how much of an expert I am, but uh, I had a couple of recent incidents. But I will. Uh, my wife kind of inspired me. I always enjoyed it as a kid, and uh, you know was, I would just race with my friends around. But ultimately, my wife got into uh, triath- triathlons, and I hate running. You know so. Uh, and I can't swim, so I figured I, I could do one of the three. He's a paisan from Brooklyn. He can't swim. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I used to tread through four foot, uh, <laughs> pools in my friend's backyard. But uh, what happens is, uh, my wife said it best, uh, running made me feel old because I wanted to stay in shape. So running made me feel old. Biking, made, cycling made me feel young again. Like it just reminded me of being uh, my youth. And... Uh, you know, I, so I do have a bit of OCD, and, and it, there's some great ways to sort of motivate yourself through these online applications, Strava, et cetera. So I became uh, very much wanting to always improve, you know, and I, I just couldn't help myself. So I just began competing with myself. I entered a few races, largely time trials, and it just became uh, an interesting uh, hobby for me. And what feeling... And what motivation would you get on the bike when you, you know, I know they talk about endorphins. We had Peter Shankman on mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago on the program, and he mentioned about his ADD and what cycling and exercise did for him. What is what does being on the bike do for you in terms of your, your feeling of your body mentally and physically? Yeah, sure. So first of all, it's a freedom uh, that you have, right? But I think also for me, uh, I have you know, being a little bit OCD, I find that... Uh, my brain kind of gets latched onto certain things and I can't let go, but exercising in that way and to that, and with that level of intensity, cause you know, you're averaging, you know, you're really, your heart rate really gets up there and uh, you do it for a couple hours and, you know, 30 to 60 mile rides, you wind up slowing down your brain. So you, you, for me, it helped me think more clearly, you know, there'd be times I would have, would have something going on at school and it gave me a chance to kind of work it through as I was riding. And that you mentioned you had a couple setbacks where you had some falls, <laughs> yeah. kind of dangerous. Well, what, what, in your opinion, Anthony, what was it? Was it the speed? Was it the length of time? Was it the location you were riding? Uh, what, what do you think it was? So, uh, I don't know. I would say uh, somewhat location, right? So, one of them, I was in the woods and I was, uh, I had just, I actually had a really good uh, sprint I was finishing up and I wasn't paying attention. It was a little darker. I was trying to squeeze, uh, an extra little bit of daylight in in the fall, and I hit a pothole, and I went flying over the handlebars, and uh, 
you know, and then and then right before school started, the day before school started, I knew I shouldn't have done it because the same thing had happened to me last year, right before school started. Same day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the day like right before the school started, I uh, I think I wound up getting preoccupied too much. So I'm thinking about the wrong, like about school instead of where I'm going on the road. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I caught the edge of the road and I wound up. I hit pretty hard where I broke my helmet. So and then I'm like, eh. So after the second fall in the woods. I felt like I need to back off. So I'm changing my philosophy for them. So I'm shifting gears a little bit. I'll still enjoy it, but not at the level of intensity I had. Well, good. Then maybe you and I could keep up maybe to the <laughs> 20 miles uh, trip, things like that. But uh, I'm looking forward to the weather, get, weather getting nicer and, and, and getting out there. So in, in pulling back from the biking, I know you kind of got back into something that used to be in. Um, and, and I haven't heard from a kid from Brooklyn getting into this uh but uh, you know, archery is something that has got your attention and focus these days. It, it does, and believe it or not, it's very similar to cycling. I know they, they seem very different, but at their heart, they they really are the same thing in a way, right? So, explain uh, that. How? how? Right, so, uh, what I really have always enjoyed was anything that I can put my energy, any machine that I can put my energy in and make it operate, right? So at the end of the day, a, a bicycle does nothing without a human uh, to, to drive it, right? You're the driving force. Same thing with a bow. So with a bow, you draw it back, all the energy that you put into it is stored in the limbs and then it gets you know, driven through the arrow into the target. And there's that mental connection between the point at which you're looking, the energy of your body that you is sharing with the bow, and the arrow hitting the target. So I kind of liked all those connections. Uh, I'm not sure if that I thought about that initially, but the more and more I was doing it, I realized that that was the connection I had with the bike or the bow. And where did that come from i mean i remember as a kid going to some camps up in the poconos or something and shooting the thing i'm like oh, all right that's cool but like how did you decide like oh my god i like this and how did you start doing it there was a little shop in milford i always wanted to do archery and then i, I truthfully i never had i never had the money or the time uh and then we had kids and i still seemed like i, I didn't have anything you know either of those but um i went down to uh, milford to uh this little shop and i got a chance to shoot a recurve bow uh, which is just a string and a you know the limbs, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And he goes, hey, you should try this. It's a compound bow, and that was insane. You know, so I'm like, oh my god, that's really cool, and because the amount of power that that is stored in those limbs. So uh, when you say limbs, that's not the string, that's the bend. Yeah, part? the limbs are the are the are the uh, the part that the flexi part that moves right. Yeah, they, okay. they, they um, yeah, right. So they snap open essentially yeah. when they when they uh, and drive the string, but. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the idea of the um, this amount of level of concentration you have to have, right? And, and archery is as much mental as it is physical, and I, I find that uh, it's you know even more so mental than anything. So there's a lot of chatter with school violence and school shootings, but like, is that something ever like you could start a club at school, maybe an archery? So club? I know yeah. that some local districts do have. I, I believe uh, local districts had like archery as part of a gym. Uh, component. I can imagine something like that if done in the right context. I know there's programs out there, so it's definitely something worth having a conversation about. And this never uh, turned into, well, I want to hunt for an animal in this manner. Is that not... So I actually do have a hunting license. I do have a hunting license. Um, I'm not sure why I got it. I felt like, you know, more to learn the safety of the the, uh, tool. so, and I wasn't sure if my son was ever going to be interested in, truthfully, the other side of it is I was sponsored by a company to, to shoot. So they would like cut me discounts on, on equipment. Right. Um, so I felt like I, I should have a hunting license, but I think it's too messy. I, I prefer chicken and <laughs> yeah. 
Anthony, last question about archery, and then I have a couple of other things. Uh, you know, riding the bike, you know, you go for an hour bike ride, there's a lot of benefits, right? You, you, your brain, your body, physio, you know, mentally, there's a lot. When you, you're not physically exercising when you're, you're, you're bow, you're shooting the bow, where did, where, where are you losing that physicality? Are you losing that exercise? Like when you, so I actually, so I do train with weights and I still train for endurance then um, there's outdoor competitions with archery. Uh, so yeah, you, 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 and there's other pieces I had to pick up. So I actually, I actually lift more now than I did when I was biking. Lift weights. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, for, yeah. For exercise. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Just okay. with the stamina of the of the drawing the bow. All right. The other thing in our conversation, sitting around the campfire, or, or, or you know, at lunchtime at work, or different things, you you really had an interest in your ancestry, uh, and and you got into ancestry.com. Is that the one that the? Yeah. Or was it different? No, it was ancestry.com. I'm a trophy. That's a plug, but uh, yeah, so I was fine. We'll, we'll get them as a prospective <laughs> uh, uh, sponsor for the show. But uh, what was it about that that really sparked your interest there? Well, what happened was I would go online and they had a free trial where you can kind of just search through documents uh, on, on, on the website. So I signed up for some fr- free stuff, and I, I guess for years I've always been trying to just to find out. So my, I'm Italian-American, obviously. Forget about it. <laughs> and uh, I, I found these do- documents of uh, census of uh, uh, my grandfather's, uh, my great-grandfather's um, draft card. Not draft card, but like military card, something like that. And they have this pit, all these things, like pictures online of these things and their handwriting, their description of themselves. So I became became more interested in that. So my wife for Christmas had given me uh, the kit, you know? So uh, she bought one for herself and one for me. And I thought... Ancestry.com. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That's the fourth time now that we said that, right? <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> and there's other ones out there, right? <laughs> but uh, this not is... <laughs> on this program. <laughs> so, uh, so it was really interesting. So, you know, I knew I was Italian American, and all my ancestry stops. Like everything, I found everything that I, I could in the United States. Every person that lived, we I found people who uh, my mother didn't even know about. Like uh, she had an aunt who died when she was 16, but we see her on the census, and then it show, does, she doesn't show up. Then I got a cra- well, I'll finish the story. So then I get the kit. You have to spit in the cup, you mail it out, and you, you, get, you spit in the kit. Yeah, you spit in the kit, <laughs> they mail it out, and um, you wind up getting the result. So it turns out, I, and I knew, obviously, being you know Italian, that there had to be something before Italy, right? So, And it turns out, it really traces your DNA back to its origins, and so I have a, a fair amount of uh, Middle Eastern, you know? So not surprising, it's often with Southern Italians, so... Southern Italians tend to be Middle Eastern, and I so that, that's where I am. And what was interesting then, what Ancestry.com does is uh, fifth place. <laughs> I get paid for that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, they, anyone who's ever taken that test and is related to you in any way shows up. I had forty pages of relatives who most of obviously ninety nine percent of them I have never met. But what I but what was interesting is five people showed up as a second cousin. So one individual I knew all four. I knew four of the five. I'm like I don't know this guy, right? So I I, I contact you can contact them through the ancestry.com. So I contacted him. I'm like I, I could you I, I'm I, your last name is you're my cousin. Yeah, you're my cousin. You're my second cousin. I know everyone else. You don't match up. Tell me how we're related. Could you maybe I'm missing something here? 
So he said, uh, it's hard to explain. Could you give me a call? So I'm like, whatever. So I gave him my number, and he called me. Oh, I called him. It turns out that he was adopted, right? Oh. And he had no idea who his parents were. And uh, so I, I gave him a call. We went through the whole thing, and he's explaining to me the story. So in my head, I, I'm like, oh, I have this... I have a couple wacky people. I can. I was trying to think who it was, but there were no adoption papers. He was literally just left off with somebody, and I, I think I figured it out. But I don't want to say anything yet because I got to go through a couple more things. And if I can figure it out, I'll let him know. We might have to have a follow up episode. Right. We might need to find out uh, who your cousin is. Yeah, but it's crazy. A, a drop of spit in your whole. You're related to the world. And it's amazing, uh, again, that you, you pursuing that about your family. And that is a, I know we're joking about the, you know, the Ancestry.com, but that's interesting <laughs> that you got into that. And, yeah. you know, it had a, you and I have a lot of conversations about, you know, culture. Anthony, we're up against a, a commercial break here. Um, but you mentioned, we talked about the archery and the bike riding, you know, sharpening your saw. That's one of the seven habits, right? And, and we have a, a high-pressure job, a lot, very high-energy you know, in addition to those things, you know, how do you recharge your batteries? How do you sharpen your sh- saw outside of school? I, I think that everything else is about family, right, for me. So uh, spending time with my wife, my kids, you know, um, truthfully getting into what they're doing educationally and having those conversations with them, uh, you know, watch my children become really de- dedicated students. Uh, and, and just kind of enjoying that time. And then I'll also, like, I like Marvel movies a lot. <laughs> Star Wars, right? Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. I like Star Wars as well. That's right. Anthony, we're up against a fan favorite. Before we go to commercial, this is the rapid fire portion of the show. Sure. Quick answers. Yeah, yeah. All right? Last book you read. Uh, that TED Talks, uh, the uh, the uh, how, how to Give a Good Speech. I don't know how I'm doing right now, but that's yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. That's right. Last movie you saw? Uh, Black Panther. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think of that? That was excellent. Excellent. I was so happy to see that movie for so many reasons. Big time uh, reviews and, and uh, you know reports from the yeah, theater. Yeah, excellent movie. Uh, New York City pizza or local? And don't get into the local pizzerias because I don't want you to get in trouble. Port Jervis, Milford. <laughs> no, I local pizzerias. <laughs> yeah, so you like the locals yeah, versus you, you know uh, New York? Yeah, I think there's some of the local peop- uh, pizza. I, I'm not going to name any, but there's a couple that really... Uh, you know, uh, uh, very good. Very good. But I'm also gluten-free, so I, uh, I, try, I don't eat too much pizza anyway. Yeah, local, yeah. Uh, I know you're a big Star Wars fan. We just joke. Who's your favorite character on Star Wars? Hey, I got to go with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite Italian tradition? Food. I, everything, anything with food. Well, every tradition is related <laughs> to food. Yeah. As long as it's food. All right. Favorite place to travel with your wife other than Williamsburg, Virginia? No, no. <laughs> New Paltz. I love New Paltz. We go to uh, biking up uh, in, the, in the Mohonk area. Best thing about working in Port Jervis? The people. Thing you miss most about the city? Food. <laughs> Again? I can't. Food. I'm sorry. Forget about it. <laughs> if you could have a billboard on I-84, what would it say? Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard one. Let's see. That is hard. Uh, I eighty four. Uh, you could take a pass. I'm gonna pass on that one. I'm gonna pass. Uh, on that next one. time we will have you on the show, we'll, uh, we're gonna be ready for that one. All right, all right. We're gonna go to commercial, everyone. Education, leadership, and beyond. Surviving and thriving. He's doing a great job on the program. I know all the students are tuning in. Anthony Lazaro, Port Jervis Middle School Assistant Principal. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the program, everyone. It's show number 39. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Before we bring in today's guest uh, back into the program, a quick recap from our opening segment. We talked about the country song, People Are Good by Luke Bryant, or Most People Are Good by Luke Bryant, and uh, just a tribute to Anthony and his character and Um, We highlighted a couple concepts in those lyrics. Obviously, the title, Believing That Most People Are Good. That is, a, uh, a, a, I believe, an action that's important for others to see the good in other people. Forgiving others and making amends. Working hard for what you got. Most mamas qualifying for sainthood. That's a great line, Uh, and I am certainly blessed not only with my mother, my mother-in-law, and uh, my wife, great, great women uh, in my life. And be careful of what you see on the nightly news. Those are some lines from the song, and uh, we spoke about them to open up the show. I did also want to highlight next week's show. If you're listening live uh, in Port Jervis, Foundry 42, we are going to have a book signing. It is going to be a double uh, show, 9 to 11. I'll be there signing books, uh, greeting fans, and uh, looking forward to meeting many members of the listening audience. That'll be at the Foundry 42 in Port Jervis on St. Patty's Day. And not Columbus Day, Anthony, but St. Patrick's Day. And uh, that'll be Saturday, March 17th, 9 to 11. Check it out on Facebook. Also on my website, andrewmarada.com. We will have the book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving, on that Saturday. Looking forward to seeing you. Come on out. Anthony, I want to welcome you back in uh, to the program. You've done a great job, and certainly I appreciate you uh, making the time to be here. Anthony, you've been many years at the middle school now, and uh, this is the write-in portion of the show. You can write into the show, Andrew, at com. We do have a couple questions today, Anthony. Uh, the first one is, what advice would you give to parents uh, for things that they can do with their children to best prepare them for high school? So that's for middle school people. What advice would you give them preparing uh, their children to, to be successful in high school? I think one of the first things that they need to consider is uh, goal setting, right? So for high school, it becomes, uh, you know, a real goal-oriented piece. And right now when I talk to students who sit in front of me, I'm finding, you know, what do you want to do as an adult? Well, how do you see yourself in the future? And they don't necessarily have an answer, right? So they're not sure at this time. And I get it, they're 12, 13, 14 years old. But that transition, transition into high school is such that, if they can identify and set a goal for themselves, the, they'll likely, they'll improve their chances of success, right? So there's so many options once they get to the high school. I know there's obviously even you know, career and tech options. There's all these pieces and, and even in terms of achievements that they want to have. Like I was talking to my own son recently about, you know, what do you want to do and what are the steps that you're going to uh, take to get there? So obviously it's going to be incremental, but what are some of the immediate things you can do? For one thing, honestly, and I, I was kind of proud of him, right? So he was nominated for National Honor Society. Junior. Excellent. Yeah. But however, he, he, he was kind of like, yeah, I'm like, no, no, you're doing this because this is something that's going to play out later for you. If, if you can, you know, it's good. It's a good thing to have. But one thing you want to consider is you don't have any community service, right? You, so that that's a requisite. So if your goal is to make this program, 
what are you going to do? Like, so let's think about the ways you can be involved in the community. So I think by setting goals early on, it allows students to stay focused. The other piece, honestly, is organization. So the amount, obviously, the curriculum and the, and the extent of courses that they're going to take in the high school compared to the middle school, they need to be organized. And a lot of middle schoolers, uh, mine included, uh, struggle with organization. And truthfully, at, this, at times, I think we all do, right? So it's, it's something that if we can provide a structure for organization and what their daily routines will look like, that will also improve the outcomes. Great answer. Anthony, just a, another minute or so. Advice for parents of middle school students and and. You know, kids getting a cell phone, using a cell phone. When should they get it? How much screen time? What would you What would you say for advice for parents? Yeah, so I, I think screen time is an important thing to be aware of, right? So I think in terms of, you know, setting uh, time frames for that. You know, I, I try, and truthfully. I don't at times I, I catch my son on it longer than he should be I also do go through everything that he's he's on uh, not to say this is something I can't miss but I think opening a dialogue and maintaining that dialogue modeling good behaviors on social media for your for your students uh, for your student for your children and uh, just being having the conversation teaching them I think like we said earlier it's unavoidable technology it's something that you know we we need uh, to be part of the fast moving world we're in however giving them the, the skill set to use it in a way that's uh, uh responsible you know and, and laying it out there for them anthony I, I do want to give you kudos uh in your job you know i certainly thought being a high school assistant principal was was difficult but uh you have those kids at such a fragile age like you said 12 13 years old, 14 years old, you know, and uh, I just wanted to thank you for the job you do. Uh, <clears throat> if my kids were in that school, I would be feel fortunate that they can work with someone like you because you do find the good in others. You do find the good in kids, and I think they're, you're someone that they can look up to and, and, and go to. So I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right. We are going to sign off here. Before we get to it, we have a quote. Uh, unfortunately, there's been some uh, school violence in the past several weeks, a lot of uh, topics about school violence. So today's quote is from Nelson Mandela. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. So let's continue to focus uh, on education and keep those kids in school and doing well in school. Like a... You wanted to say something? No, I was going to say that's hanging, that's hanging in my office. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it is. Actually. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to end on that note. Next week, it's a live show. Come on down to the Foundry 42. Get yourself a book. And I look forward to meeting the listening audience of Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Go out and change the world for the better, everyone. Have a great weekend.